It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. Welcome into episode 17 of the Motown Rundown. Collins, I see you turn your... I, every time I, I feel like I open the show, I watch you guys turn down your headphones, because I just... I L- come in hot. Little, little hot. It was a little, little, little bit hot. Presence. You're a big presence. It was the, it was the Starbucks uh, Frappuccino that I bought in the in Broad College of Business before coming here. I'm running Brutal on fumes. Brutal purchase, dude. I'm running on fumes. Well, how? The Frappuc- Starbucks was closed. I had to get the one on the... You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, flavor. S'mores. S'mores. I didn't even know they made that. I didn't either. That's why when I saw it, I was like going for mocha. I had it set in my mind all day. Like this was going to be the play. 8.30 p.m. or, or roughly. I was going to grab the mocha frappuccino and move on with the day. But S'mores was there calling my name. Not a s'mores good guy. stuff. I, yeah, I'm sorry. That's, I know no one really cares. but I mean, s'mores Pop-Tarts are pretty good. Those You're are right. fantastic. That's factual. Yeah. That's factual. Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins uh, in the passenger seats today. Uh, as always, coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. December is here, boys. Congratulations. We, we made, made it. it. We I, made it. I can't wait to be done with school. Like school forever or like just the semester? Just the semester. School's fun sometimes. I used to really like school when I was a kid. That was like my claim to fame. Like this kid just, this kid loves a school. I mean, Wears it, the heart on the sleeve. Great recess presence. <laughs> always made the most out of lunchtime. Were you the pitcher in kickball? Usually, yeah, because I, had, I had the big ego when I was a kid. Like I had to be the pitcher at spotlight. The girls were on the swings checking you <laughs> out. That's that's what it was. Good stuff. Kickball, very overrated game. Just in the door, I don't know when. I disagree. I think it's very underrated. No one likes to open with a hot take. No, that's I kickball. Like sometimes you absolutely drill people, and it's like hilarious and like fun. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where you're yeah. like the pitcher, and you just like grab and just chuck it at someone's head, and it's just great. Yeah, but like. Kickball does not have dodge. I love dodgeball. Dodgeball is on another level than kickball. So you're proposing dodge kickball or kick dodgeball? No, just a big kickball guy. Okay. I mean, no, what? Big dodgeball guy, big Mission Impossible guy, great recess game. That is a good game. Yeah. And Sharks and Minnows, too. Yeah, good game. Before we get rolling here, uh, we're dedicating the show today to someone very special. Trent, I'm going to let you take over. Um, All right. My my great-uncle Harvey's going to heaven tonight. He was the uh, patriarch of my family. Great husband, father, five boys, uncle, brother, grandfather. We'll miss him a lot. He was a huge Lions fan. I want to um, I want to just throw that out there for the sake of the show. He listened to the Motown Rundown every week. So I want to send some love tonight. Thanks for always supporting me, Uncle Harv. Proud to call myself your nephew. For the sake of the show, I just want to point out, never gave up on the Lions. Was a Lions fan till the very end. He saw that championship team in, uh, I don't even know what year that was, 50s, 57? <laughs> 58, I think. 50, yeah. yeah, sounds right. Uh, huge Tigers fan, too. So 75 years. God bless you, Uncle Harv. Rest easy. Love you. Awesome. Dedicating the show to Uncle Harvey today. I- I'm telling you, the Lions will get this guy a Super Bowl at some point. I promise you that. Harvey, good name. Great name. Good name. Mar- record book name. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's get rolling. Uncle Harvey loved the Tigers. We're talking Tigers to start the show. Here's the thing. It's not baseball season, but sometimes the Tigers do things that we have to talk about. This would be one of those days. Tigers not offering contracts to James McCann and relief pitcher Alex Wilson. I'll start with that because there's some more news to follow. Collins, I'll turn it over to you first. Thoughts on the moves? I mean, I, I I don't think they're massive moves. I mean, I know a lot of people like James McCann. 
because he's been around here with winning teams, and he seemed like a young guy who could maybe turn into something really special. But he's been a pretty solid player for the Tigers, nothing special. But, I mean, Alex Wilson, I, I was kind of tired of his time in Detroit. He had a couple good years when they didn't really have anyone in the pen who was good, and he was just the best out of the worst. So, I mean, I don't think they're extraordinarily bad moves, extraordinarily good moves. So, I I mean, the Matt Moore signing, I don't really get. That's a head-stretcher, even though you didn't even ask that. We'll get, we'll get yeah. to that. You know, yeah. You'll have jump in the gun. Yeah, but. sorry. Trent, your, your thoughts on the James McCann and Alex Wilson, no um, longer Tigers. I, I liked McCann. He's a serviceable catcher, but he had that year in 2015 with uh, a 264 average and 106 hits. We kind of thought he was going to turn the corner, never really did. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind giving Griner a shot. I'm sure Ryan, you'll probably talk about that. He's 26 years old. He's got a chance to be good. Even if you abandon him, we're all John Hicks fans. We were talking about that oh, yeah. before. He he hit 260 with uh, 75 hits last season, so he, he's serviceable. As far as Alex Wilson goes, he was such a hot and cold guy, never really had a consistent role on this team as a reliever, as a closer. I understand the move, but I just I, I definitely think he could have been a trade asset. Um, had a losing record last year, so I, I, I can't, you know, 23 earned runs in 61 innings pitch, that's not great. So you, you have decent young arms. I'd, I'd be willing to give those guys some time to shine. So I don't, I don't mind letting Alex Wilson go. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love James McCann. I, I'm a big heart, huff, heart hustle, effort, attitude. He's, say a, that he's a great guy. Fast. Great guy. Leader in the clubhouse. What is the face for? Again, with the face. Good, bad bad yeah, radio, but the face. He was a good leader. Okay. Very nice Christian man. Great family man. Hardworking. <laughs> salt of the earth. McCannon. So, the yeah. McCannon. Yeah. So uh, in that respect, I think that's where, J- that's where James McCann was very valuable. At the plate, not so much. It's hard to find... A great hitting catcher. Collins, go ahead. I think the reason they didn't tender him is because of his defensive, though. He never really turned into that catcher who was able to manage a staff like they thought he was going to be. I mean, he was great in his, uh, like McCann, he's had a great arm. Yeah. But he didn't really handle the staff very well, and I think that's probably the reason they moved on. That's fair. And, and you know, now, as, as you guys both mentioned, you know, Grayson Griner is obviously the catcher of, of now, and I think Jake Rogers, who's a pretty highly touted prospect in the system, he's not ready yet. He's probably a couple years away, but that's your guy of the future. And, you know, losing leadership in the clubhouse with McCann and Wilson, I don't think either of those guys were going to be here when the team was good and finally ready to win. Um, Wilson, for me, I was never really high on. You know, I think he's a slightly above average arm. He's a guy that, you know, whether you have him this year or you don't, doesn't make a difference in in the win column to me. I just always think that there's, you know, in, in Major League Baseball especially, a guy like Wilson too, who at the deadline this upcoming year, that's a guy that you can flip pretty easily, oh, in my opinion. Sure. I mean, I he's, a, he's, so a, he's a serviceable arm. McCann, the same thing. So, especially in baseball, I always think there's a market for guys. And, you know, maybe it's naive of me, but I look at a guy like James McCann, and, you know, if you if you had plans of moving him in the offseason, I guess cutting him from your roster, or Wilson, how do you not trade those guys last season at the deadline? That's what's troubling to me. But um, I guess we'll, we'll move into something that makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, the Tigers signed Matt Moore one year for $2.5 million. Uh, I'll kick it off. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really sick of the safety valves. You know, the Lariano and the Fires signings last year, Fires was great. You're able to flip him, get some pieces. Lariano, you know, was, was serviceable, whatever. And I guess, you know, if the theory is you bring those guys in so you don't lose 120 games all year, fine. Um, it, for me, it's just, you know, if you're going to rebuild – 
do it the right way. You know, I, I, if, if these guys are a couple years away being, you know, an Alex Fiedo or a Bo Burrows or a Matt Manning, I get it if they're not ready yet, but I'd rather see someone in the rotation, you know, throw some pitches to at least get some work at the major league level. I mean, in, in of all people, Matt Moore in a 6.79 ERA, he sucks. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. good. And not I, good. And I get he had, I think he had Tommy John, or he definitely had some kind of surgery to where before the surgery, he was a, he was a pretty strong pitcher. But you look at the last five years or whatever. I mean, this guy, he's. I watched him pitch when they when they played the when the Rangers played the Tigers last year. I want to say he gave up like seven runs immediately. It was a joke. He's you know he's a a lefty that doesn't have velocity anymore. So, I mean, I know the the money is cheap in baseball terms, but. It just makes no sense. That that to me is just such a BS move on Avila's part to again, if you're trying to save the team from not losing a hundred games, this guy's not gonna help you. I can see Matt Moore being like five and eleven with a four fifty ERA and you know, I'm scratching my head every time he comes to the to the mound instead of a Casey Mize or a or a Bo Burrows, or you don't get to see, you know, Daniel Norris more often or whatever. But that's I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, Liriano and uh, Fires are both. Re- I thought Liriano was really good before he got hurt. He was really good, and I thought mm-hmm. they probably should have got some better pieces for him, but they never really ended up doing that. But I mean, looking at Matt Moore, I think they're trying to do that same blueprint. Like, look at a guy who's experienced and maybe sell at the deadline. But looking at Matt Moore's stats, he's literally had one good year in 2013 when he went 17 and, and I'm four. sure that's before his injury too. Yeah, and he's a classic Tampa Bay Rays like like pitcher who's like, "Oh, Matt Moore, he was a good piece 5 <laughs> years ago. Let's bring him in." But I think what it says more about is the young pitchers of the Detroit Tigers, how they're not ready. Mm-hmm. And how guys like Daniel Norris hasn't been able to fill in like they thought they would be. I think Matt Boyd's been the most present pleasant surprise the Tigers have had the last 3 years out of those trades. I mean, he's Norse supposed to be that main piece of that Trice, yeah. Trice deal. Trice, jeez. You're right. Watch a mission say basketball. <laughs> like, mind is scrambled. But, uh, I mean, Boyd's been fantastic, and Norse has really been an injury played and hasn't shown anything. So, And to your point, I don't want my young pitchers to get their conference shelled. Because I think as, in young players I like, especially in the field, that get more opportunities. But when you're on the like, mound, your confidence could get like destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like. You give up like 10 runs one game, you say, I'm never throwing a slider again. So I, I don't know. I get why they bring in a, ves- a veteran presence. I cannot talk. This is unbelievable. Trent, just go. Um, I, <laughs> you know, you, you pretty much nailed it, uh, Ryan, you too. I, this whole signing is just kind of eh for me. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a terrible signing. It just doesn't make sense. You know, I, I don't understand why we keep doing this. Ryan, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's 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 going to be another Alfredo Simone, Francisco yep. Lariano, Mike Fires. It's it's just it's an established starter who doesn't really get you anywhere. Mm. And I, I just I, I think he could give the Tigers some good outings. But it, and and Collins, to your point, you don't want your young guys' confidence to get shelled. But at the same time, you want to get some of these young guys out there. So I don't really know what the Tigers are trying to do here. Um, maybe sell at the deadline. I don't know. We're just going to have to see. I, but overall, at the very least, probably a good veteran presence in the locker room. Alfredo Simon. Didn't we trade Suarez for yeah, Simon? And look how great. That, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a great Tigers trade. Yeah. Per usual. Tigers are a couple months away from playing baseball, folks. So we're going to move into the Red Wings now, falling to the Colorado Avalanche at home in their most recent game on Sunday by a score of two to nothing. Tyler Bertuzzi getting suspended two games, by the way. Ooh, did not know that. After the uh, little little sucker punch to Matt Calvert, didn't hate it on the on the bench. I mean, it is. It, I mean, <laughs> didn't hate it. I I look. You know, the Red Wings. The one thing they they really 
I guess I don't want to say lacked, but in, in years of late, they don't have that, you know, brute enforcer. And, like, Bertuzzi's, you know, he's little, scrappy, and I love it. But two-game suspension for him after uh, punching Matt Calvert in the face from the bench. Uh, again, cool move, but whatever. Uh, big <laughs> win in Boston on Saturday, 4-2. to two. I believe that's the first time that the Red Wings have beaten the Bruins in Boston in, like, nine games. So, cool to see. They take on the Lightning at home on Tuesday only thing I really want to touch on with the Red Wings here is I saw a story. I think I don't know if it came from Pat Caputo of ninety-seven-one. I mean, you know, Pat and ha- Pat has has been really uh, putting out takes that I've, I've loved recently. He's uh, it might be time for Pat to hang him up. But oh, come on! Saw a story about how I, I mean, he yeah, whatever. Sorry, Pat. Uh, Just gassing him. The uh, the notion that the Red Wings need to trade Jimmy Howard at all costs. Do you agree? Um, no. I, I don't think you're going to get the value you're going to get like two or three years ago. I think at this point, you might as well hang on to him. And we talked, I think, last week or the week before about would you rather tank or be decent? I mean, this team's decent. Yeah. I think I think the sustained success over the last 15 games shows that this team is decent and it might not make a playoff spot, but it's going to contend for that eighth spot. And uh, I mean, getting rid of how you're not going to get anything in, like special, you're not going to get a first round draft it that's highly touted unless Howard becomes this elite goaltender he hasn't been in three years so I mean when I look at the Red Wings too I mean they're playing a lot more physical than they have the last couple of years I mean you watch those Tampa Bay series and they got manhandled literally manhandled mm-hmm. and Ablicator was the only guy being a part of that and I think you're seeing Larkin move into more of a role where he's getting to the places that he needs to in the ice instead of playing more up tempo and on the win if he wants to he always says he wants to play center and if he wants to continue like his success that he's had this year he's got to keep doing what he's been doing i mean he's looked a lot more physical and like you said bertuzzi i mean they got in the line brawl in boston the night before yeah like hilarious i love it <laughs> like i'm not the biggest hockey guy but i'm gonna tune in when they're chucking so yeah when they're chucking nucks yeah <laughs> Um, I, I love the way that Larkin's been playing, like you said, Collins. But um, to, to answer the uh, the question about Howard, I no, I, I don't think we need to trade him at all costs. He, he's he's still a pretty rock solid goaltender. Currently, thirteen in the NHL in save percentage, and, and he's got he's got nine of your twelve wins. So I'm not opposed to getting rid of him. I just think the at all costs tidbit is a little extreme by the media's part. But um, Bernier's not the worst in the world. But I at this point. I think Howard, with his age, given his experience and and what he brings to this team at this point, uh, with 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 this young roster and, and Blasha likes him, you know. So I, I don't think I don't think there's any reason to get rid of him at all costs, in my opinion. Jimmy's one of those names that's been around for enough years that where he's a, I mean he's a pretty much a staple in in household as far as Red Wings hockey fans go. So I don't, you know, the all cost things is typical media just blowing it up, whatever. Yeah. And it's it's not necessary to trade Jimmy Howard. I think like Ryan, you said. Uh, I can't believe I just called you Ryan. Whoa. That felt weird. Collins. <laughs> Thank that you. Back. Collins, you know, a couple of years ago, trading Jimmy when he was still, you know, probably at his peak of, of playing. And I still don't think he's really coming down from his peak at no, all. No, he, it's, but... he's He's still playing well and at a pretty high level. And There was like a few years, though, that especially that lockout year, where he just straight up carried them to the playoffs. Exactly. And he's just not that type of player anymore. So I, you're not going to get anything really worth noted so why why get rid of him so right and you know my my biggest thing has always been who's the next guy up because it's not bernier and howard's not going to be here forever and whether you use rybar whoever you got in the ahl right now they need to figure that out pretty soon but i just don't think i don't think like a plan b is very clear at this point so 
Exactly. Can we talk about Jeff Blashill just like strictly talking in Canadian and he's from Detroit? I he sounds just like Babcock. It's weird. It's like straight up <laughs> weird love, when they talk. I love it. It's like well, Babcock you know, never left. Yeah, I, I, it's so weird. Like his voice is like adapted to him. It's I, like it's, a, it's like a hockey thing. I think when you're around it that much, and there's just kind of like this. You, you have to almost carry that persona about you. I catch myself doing it sometimes too. But, like, he is, like, going over the top. He did not sound like this a year ago. I think it's a thing to keep your eye on if it <laughs> okay. goes more in the opposite. I mean, it is insane. He's like, you know, boys, I'm like, chill, Jeff. You're from, like, Livonia. Let's we'll chill. S- all right. We'll sit on that take. Sit okay. on that take. Uh, we'll move into the Pistons now. Winners f- five in a row, nine of their last 11, huge win over the Warriors, 111-102 on Saturday. They are taking on the Thunder as we speak. I believe they're losing 87-59 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, not great. Um, anyway, you know, with the Thunder game aside, as, as we're looking at it right now, do you think the Pistons are getting enough love with how well they've been playing? Um, I think they are. I think Saturday was a big night for the organization. Oh, so, yeah. And I saw James, Ed- James Edwards tweet this, that it was the biggest win for the Pistons in LCA because all their big wins the last couple of years have been on the road. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that, that's the best crowd you're going to get probably all season against the Warriors. And you to come out and perform like that, your young guy, Stanley. Stanley play, has been playing unbelievable. And yeah, I think it's... Finally. Yeah. It's, it's, again, yeah. it's literally because Stan Van Gundy just refused to let the man play and grow. Yeah, that's, that's it. So it's I, great I to mean, see that. Yeah, it's huge to see that. And he's an actual, like, valuable NBA player now who is an asset if they want to go out and make another move. But, I mean, I think the Pistons are getting enough love. I think for the first time in probably about three or four years, that one time where Stan Van had that five-game winning streak and the classic build-the-wall line, <laughs> I think they, they just need to continue their success. I mean, they haven't played anyone. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I mean, they I think they've won nine out of 11, but they've played nobody. And I saw something that in the next 18 games, they're going to be playing like 12 playoff teams it's, from last yeah, year it's brutal yeah so i mean if they're able to kind of weather the storm this next couple of weeks and months i mean they're gonna have to demand detroit's respect um i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say they're not getting love i it's just in my opinion i don't think they're getting enough love just 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 and the only reason i say that is because the the pistons have what appears to be excellent chemistry that's only trending up this team is well coached. I can't give enough credit to Dwayne Casey and what he's done so mm-hmm. far since since getting here. And um, we we this is the best front court duo in the league right now until Demarcus Cousins and Draymond oh, yeah. Green are both Seriously. healthy for Golden State. So, in my opinion, that's not even close. But then, this this team's fourth in the East right now. Even with the loss tonight, they'll stay at fourth in the East. Um, they have a better record than a lot of teams that get more coverage than than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trailblazers, Celtics, Pelicans, Spurs, Rockets, Pacers. List goes on. Um, the, there were two wins during the streak of 9 out of 11 that just really impressed me. The Warriors win and, and the Rockets win, which we talked about on the last show. But the, the Warriors win to me was extremely impressive just because I, I know it was Curry's first game back, but he still dropped 27, and KD dropped 28, and Klay Thompson dropped 21. So this was a typical Warriors offensive outburst, and the Pistons held them off at home. Blake leads the team in points, Andre in rebounds, Reggie in assists. That's our big three. When they're playing like that, that's a recipe for success. And Stanley with 19-7, and seven, like you said, Collins, I'll take that all day long. That's that's excellent. And to me, just overall, I think the Pistons deserve a little bit more love than they're getting, but they're definitely putting the NBA on notice a little bit. My thing is, I the thing that really bothered me, and I guess what, what caused me to pose this question, is I was watching ESPN Sports Center. 
after the game. It was the night, you know, they had all the college football games going on. You know, the Red Wings played, the Pistons played, obviously. And here's the big headline. Steph returns to the court. And, of course, I'm like, here we go. I'm curious to see how, how SportsCenter covers this. And I want to say, you know, let's say in a in a minute and a half to two-minute highlight tape of the game, they show 10 plays. And I'm, I'm sitting there counting. And I want to tell you, even though the Pistons won, and they were, it was eight clips of Warriors making shots. Steph making shots, KD making shots, this and that. You know, there was one like Stanley hit a three they showed. They they showed Blake hit a three, and oh, yeah, but the, it wasn't enough to hold off the Pistons. You know, they lost. I'm like, really? Like, that's, in a, I get it. You know, that's the mainstream media. The Warriors are a, are a, a marketing, you know, I don't even know. They're just a, it, it's a whole scheme over there of bigger than basketball, and I get it, but... Yeah, I mean the Pistons are the best team in Detroit right now. Like they really yeah. are, record wise, and just just uh, excitement watchable. Value. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean they got a very scary schedule coming up. They see the Bucks twice in like a couple of weeks. The Sixers twice. See the Celtics. So this is going to be the test. I mean, like you said, Collins. You know they've been playing good basketball, but I mean honestly, they should have started this way with the way their schedule sets up. If you really looked at it, I mean beating the Warriors is unexpected, but. They've kind of given away a couple of games against bad opponents. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they should be at 13-7 right now if you really look at the schedule. Yep. So, this, it'll be a test coming up. And, of course, we will uh, always have your Pistons coverage right here in the Motown Rundown, especially because the Lions are done in a couple weeks. And Woo! We're going to have nothing to talk about. I think we, <laughs> the the uh, excitement value might drop off a little bit for a second until we pick it back up. But uh, while we still have the excitement factor here, Time to talk Lions. Lions falling to the Rams at Ford Field on Sunday, 30-16. to Lions dropped to 4-8 and on the year. Some game stats for your pleasure. Matthew Stafford, 20 for 33 through the air, 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a fumble, of course. LeGarrette Blunt, 16 carries, 61 yards. And your receiving leader, Levine Toilolo, who I forgot was on the team, four catches, 90 yards. Um... I'll kick it off with game thoughts, I guess, if you guys if you guys don't mind. I seem to do it every week, but I'll, I'll kick it off. Have at it. I don't have a ton to say about the game, really. Um, I think on the surface level, I, I really do think the Lions played hard, solid football. I was proud of the effort. Uh, the Rams clearly walked in thinking it was an easy win, and for the most part, I thought the Lions' defense was really, really good on Sunday. I mean, you see what the... What the Rams have done all year long to teams, putting up 50 points, 40 points, whatever, making teams look stupid. Um, I, I think, you know, Jared Goff didn't have a good day at all. A lot of penalties for the Rams, but that, I mean, you look at that defensive line, you know, they people don't give the Rams credit for their defense. I mean, they got some players everywhere on that field. Um, so the defense to me was, was, was really good. And the stats don't look great when you see Todd Gurley and his numbers, but the guy puts up numbers every week. Um, I, I was proud of how the defense played. I think on the offensive side, you saw some new looks on offense. The touchdown to Decker was cool because the Lions never do crap like that. So that was nice to see. Um, Stafford, not great by any means. And we'll get into it. And it's a it's a thing I want to uh, – you talk about the mainstream media and all the talk around here in Detroit of, you know, it, it, do you need to trade Stafford, blah, blah, blah. We'll get, we'll get into that later. Um, the rest of the offense besides him is is really just sad to watch. It's it's tough to – I feel the same way about Michigan State football. I mean, the Lions get the ball, and it's like, you know, I'm just praying. Like, can you get the ball downfield? Can you string together some plays? And 
it, it doesn't happen and you feel helpless. But I mean, like, and to that point of the offense not being great, I think his interception again was not his fault. To the back of the end zone, right. it means nothing. Kenny Galladay is six foot four. Like, dude, get to the back of the end zone, be an athlete, jump and catch the ball. Um, there was a point in that time too when you look at the offense, the offensive line just freaked out. Like they were a mess. I think it was the second quarter, maybe, where like they were just getting abused. And Aaron Donald is, I mean, he should be a lion, first of all, Aaron Donald. <laughs> but it, it was a mess. And, and, and Not it, great. It, it goes back to, again, you know, the part of being a good team is being consistent and, 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 and being able to, on a, on a week-to-week basis, provide protection for your quarterback, getting a push up front, uh, um, it, it, all these things that the Lions don't really do ever, I guess I would say. So um, in that respect, uh, you know, I, it's again, it's hard for me to really – be the typical fan and go, oh, Matt Stafford, another game you blew for the Lions. So that, that to me, is unacceptable. And I just see, what I see now from Stafford is he's just got a case of the yips. Like, he's got the happy feet. He doesn't look comfortable. You know, we talk about him, he's, he's feeling ghosts, like pressure from ghosts, like Luigi, Luigi's Mansion style. Great game. Wow. Could never beat it. Could never beat it. But Great a, game. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, and it's... I think now we've kind of come to the point where we have to be realists here and go, you know, there's those eight losses that Trent and I talk about. And, you know, maybe now you pack the shirt away for the year. And, of course, I'll, I'll watch every single game. But um, we can wrap up the Lions as a season of a whole once the season's done. But there's a couple things to me when I when I look at the, this team that really stands out. First of all, the second onside kick was a joke. It was just a dumb decision. I mean, guys, stupid. three timeouts. You have the two-minute yeah, warning. I didn't understand that at the all. The clock's at three. Your defense has been playing well. And the new NFL rules makes it literally impossible to get an onside kick. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm all for like going to win and playing to win yes. and having a guts. But that's just stupid. Yeah, like, it is I, dumb. And that's it Patricia's fault, yeah. and that was really, really stupid. I it, it's It's hard. I mean, like... I felt helpless. That was that was the way I felt because I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? Don't, like you know, I'm like I'm begging. Like I need to fire off an email real quick or send a little uh, <laughs> an Snapchat. Email. Send a Snapchat to Coach Man. Hey, Coach, no, 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 no. That stupid man, kick it deep, please, please, Lord, kick it deep. And I, I felt helpless. Uh, it was uh, it. That's a coaching decision to me. That like I say, cost your team the game. But I mean, like you kick the ball deep. You know, even if they get a first down, timeout, 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 two-minute warning, here he comes, you know, Matty Ice, baby. They give Stafford his drive, and everyone loves him again, and it's glorious, and we're dancing in the street, whatever. Um, it's really simple to me when I look at the Lions. And, and you know, as as the weeks have gone on, I've been able to craft this kind of, you know, my, my portfolio or my little pamphlet I'll hand out to you guys in the air right now. On the field, the Lions truly don't have – great talent that makes them good. I know you can't win with talent alone. I don't think they really have the talent that qualifies them to be good. And I, you know, Kenny Galladay, great player. Carrion Johnson, great player. Love Stafford. There's pieces. But like, you know, the, the O-line, you, you, you put so much money into it and so many draft picks into it. And like, I don't know what the deal is, but like they have been great. You know, look in the secondary Nevin Lawson seems to get exposed at least once a game. 
You know, they, they just, they sit back in that, you have Darius Slay, and who I think is a very, very fine player, but, you know, I'd love to see some bump and run coverage, you know, get up in someone's face, jam them inside five yards, they sit back in that zone, and it's and the same thing week after week, you know, balls being caught and there's no one around. You know, the pass rush doesn't get to the quarterback, Goff did get pressure this game, which was great, but, but still, so on the field, I don't think the talent's there to qualify your team as good, and certainly not a team that can win on talent alone. They don't have high-level coaching, especially not on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it just week after week, I'm watching these teams play, and it's like it's it's such a, a treat to watch. You know, Randy Rams offense, the Chiefs offense, the Patriots. They got Tom Brady and a bunch of guys that look like they were working at McDonald's that are catching balls. And it's just, you know, he throws to a different receiver every game. I feel like Tom Brady. It's it's a legendary offense. The Lions don't have the high level coaching in that respect. Not to say I don't like Matt Patricia because Matt Patricia is a defensive guy. So I think, well, I'm not going to say Patricia was a bad hire in today's day and age. That hire has to be an offensive mind. Sean McVay, Andy Reid, you know, uh, McDaniels. He was supposed to go to the Colts. He didn't. He panicked, whatever. Uh, I'd love for the Lions to get a guy like that next year. Bring in the whole, hell, bring Belichick over too, you know. Bring the whole Patriots team over. Um, Another thing too is, and I don't mean to pull the conspiracy card, but they're never on the right side of calls. Mm, what, Ever what call affected well, that I, game? I, I, I well, first of all, the there Jones was... the Jones touchdown that got called back for uh, for offensive pass interference. That was not yeah. yeah. That's what like that's the Lions are the only team that gets that call called against. There was also a blatant holding call. It was early in the game, so I, not a huge deal. But it was it did lead to like a 17 yard pass to Robert Woods for a first down, and that kind of pissed me off because I was sitting up there, and then you know the the whole place booed, like they yeah. saw it. I I don't know yeah. who it was. I think it was Alquara was coming through, and he got blatantly held. It's just it, it might, maybe not in this game again. That, to me, the Jones touchdown that got called back, like that's it's it happens on every play. Yeah. The holding, the grabbing, the whatever. It's but it's just it's things like the Seattle bat in the end zone. Think the Lion just gets screwed. Remember the the uh, well. Just this wasn't that long ago, but the 49ers game this year with Quandre Diggs holding call on the tight end on the yeah, opposite side of the field like, when he's five foot nine. Tough. Yeah, it, it's those that would have won the game. They 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 six. never they never seem to be on the right. And there's a certain level of like luck, I guess. And I don't want to sit here and say it's maliciously done by the NFL, but it's it's just it's crazy to me that you know they I, never seem to just get the call. I think it's the respect thing, I, and I don't want to pull that card either because I don't feel sorry for us. I'm not sitting here feeling sorry for our franchise or anything. I just I don't think we get the respect because of our history and whatnot. Sure, you got to start somewhere, you know. The Lions too, you know they they just make the errors and mistakes in the penalties way too frequently that other good teams don't do. The little things they really lack on, you know, whether it's. Extra effort plays, like the two passes in a row from golf that should have been pick sixes, losing my mind, ripping my hair out. Yeah, you know they don't have like the intensity, the fire, the the passion. They're just not run professionally, and it's it's sad. And like I said, we get to our eight loss mark, where I can you know I can pretty much say you're not making the playoffs. The season's been a failure. I mean, other than Galladay and Carrion, who you know are, are young guys, you know Carrion's a rookie. Everyone else is like regressed. Yeah. Like the offensive lines regressed. Slay hasn't been very good this I mean, year. The offensive one line wasn't good last year either. So right, it really wasn't. I mean, I, you're, you're right though. The majority of the teams regressed. 
I mean, Slay, Marvin Jones, like Stafford, and like Stafford has not had a good year at all. Yeah, nobody's yeah. saying right. nobody's saying he has. But I always try to make the point that you know, like you won't get better quarterbacking than than Stafford right now. Like I and we'll we'll get into that. And I always jump the gun on that, but it's like you know, it, it's this season, and the people point the finger at Stafford for like this season of mediocrity or his decade of mediocrity and being average. Like it's, it's not his fault. Like the problems are everywhere and it starts in the owner's box. And and the irony of it is, is we sit here at 20 years old, you know, watching the last decade of, of lions football and going, it's been mediocre. It's been average. Where's the playoff wins. But the irony of it is this last decade of being quote unquote average with Stafford is the best decade in the history of lions football. That's fa- like that's yeah. just factual, and so you know. Whoa, Stafford, whoa, 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 whoa! The best de- decade ever of Lions football, I would say. Yeah, the what, Barry three, years? three playoff appearances. Well, the the was... I mean the Barry years, like I guess for I, but they actually won playoff games. Uh, sure, but I mean it's if is if you're looking at a holistic, maybe not decade, but the, the era, the, the era with yeah. Stafford has been the best teams that the Lions have had. Maybe underachieving, you know. We but like I, I mean in my in our lifetime. In our oh, life. Oh, uh, yes, yes. I don't, That's obviously a given. But yeah. I just think this year, like, Stafford looks worn out, uninspired, unmotivated, and I can't blame him. I mean, between him, ownership, and Patricia, you need to sit down in the offseason and just figure it out. This is not who Matthew Stafford is. And if you think this is the same guy you've had for a decade, you're wrong. I mean, how often, whether it was, whether it was last year or, or two years ago, you know, when, when everyone loved to defend Stafford, they always bring up the fourth quarter comebacks where you, know, you go to sleep at night cuddling with his jersey. And, you know, the, the, the those are examples of your team being bad and your quarterback saving you. I mean, the legendary videos of Stafford getting broken in half by the Browns and he gets up and marches down the field and wins the game. The fake spike leaping to the end over the, the Cowboys. Like, that's our guy. He yeah. hasn't been there this year, and like, and people think like that's grounds for him being shipped off. Shipped off? You're wrong. Like, not with the new head coach, not with the worst OC in the league, not with a bad O line, with the defense that can't get off the field. Like, point the finger at Bob Quinn because, like, like I said earlier, you know how much money and time and draft picks has been put in the O line, and they still can't protect Stafford. Like that, it's hard to, for me to point the finger. And yeah. we'll get into the whole what's the future of the Lions quarterback situation, but. That's what I've taken from the game. Um, as, I, as I originally said, I have nothing to say about the game. That's what I took from the game and just the season as a whole. So I'll 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 pass off the mic now because I don't know. I got I got nothing left. I mean, I like you said, there's nothing really to take from this team that hasn't been said already this season. I mean, they're not able to get it done during crunch time. Get a big turnover in a time where could have maybe made something happen there with that Stafford fumble. But, I mean, you looked at it, it's just better. I mean, I think Patricia probably had his best defensive game plan all year this year, this week. I mean, Spielman was about to go kiss Patricia in the mouth <laughs> after the game. It, it, was, it, it, felt like, it felt like Sean McVay was like Matt Patricia's big brother coming to town. Oh, look, big brother, look what I can do. Look at these plays, you know, like, oh, look, look, check this out. You know, it was just like, it was funny to me, like how they just decided to figure it out now. My my biggest takeaway is that the Lions, in, in the last 10 years, I think it's the most least, the least exciting Lions team in the last 10 years. Like, there's no excitement about it. Even when Stafford was young and they maybe weren't as good, but you had that excitement of him throwing the ball deep to Calvin. You had something that was made it entertaining. 
There's nothing entertaining about this team right now. I agree. There's nothing. To your and to your point, I don't I hate to interrupt you, but to your point with that with Stafford, I agree. And I think that's part of the reason why Jim Bob Cooter sucks. I, I was just because say, it's yeah. it's all it's all quick pass, bubble screen, pitch, handoff, draw. Stafford loves to air it out. He's a gunslinger. He's got a can of an arm. I want to see the Matt Stafford that falls down, runs out of the pocket, throws a ball from his hip up into the end. Like that's what I want to see. And he's not he hasn't been that guy because he doesn't have the time in the pocket. He doesn't have the receivers that can go do it for him like Calvin. So it, it just it hasn't all clicked. Like this is not this is not the style of play that Stafford is good in. Like his offensive coordinator, as much as Stafford loves him, is making him look bad. Well, we're not really getting guys open, you know, that's the thing. Right, again, my, my the stat yeah. about re- receivers, you know, the 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 what, what would I? How do I phrase it? Separation, the, the separation yeah. yeah, separation from defenders with the receivers is, is awful. So anyway, go ahead, Colin. My I bad. mean, you look at it though. I mean, you have to go back to Scott Linehan where they were really doing stuff where they were being more West Coast style. Since Lombardi, Caldwell, and Cooter have been involved with the offense, they've tried to like kind of made Matt Stafford into a game manager, and then when two minutes left and the lights are on. He's not that game manager anymore, and he was able to make plays for you the last three years. He's just not doing that anymore. I mean, like, I mean, you looked at it. I mean, you have a drive to go down there and tie, and he inexplicably fumbles that ball. You cannot fumble that ball. I, I he did. If I was getting sacked by Aaron Donald, I'd probably also fumble the ball. I agree. You can't. Yeah, you yeah can't no, you can't fumble it. Yes, yeah. you can't. I'm but. not blaming the game on Stafford or anything like that, but you can't fumble that in that situation. You got to get down or throw it away. But like you're saying, he's seen his footwork's messed up. I'm not going to go into that anymore. I, I the thing I want to look at is do you guys think this team has any chance of being good next year? Because I think this year has been pretty disappointing, which you've seen out of the coaching staff, the players, the guys you expect who would be good, and they're just, just not they're just flat out not a good team. I I don't see this team progressively getting better next year, and that's why I think it might be time to make some major changes. I mean. It, I don't see any improvement on this team from last year. Any. Um. So I I I do, and I'll get to that later. But um, just takeaways from the game. I was at the game with my brothers. We had a great time. Shout out to them, Rock and Miles. Great time. Section three nineteen. <laughs> and by the way, I just want to say this real quick because I want to tell you guys this. There was a twenty twelve Lions guy was in front again? of me again. I, he's a season. Can you he get him a new? Can you get him a new shirt? Can you get him a new shirt? I should. I caught a shirt. I should have given him that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but he was in front of me, and Darius Slay got burned on one play, and he turns back and he goes, "23's a backup, and he's not that good." But that's just yeah. He well, has no idea who he's talking about. Yeah. But I, it was comical to me. But anyways, um, th- th- this game was a lot closer than the score showed, and I, I attribute that to the defense. Our Lions hung in there with the probably the best offense in the NFL, yes. I would argue. Uh, despite the loss, I have a lot of positives from this game, just given the circumstances. I'd like to keep the negativity from my end to a minimum today, simply because if I allow myself to get going, we're going to have another two-hour broadcast. Yeah. So Jeez. that I, was a good time. That I will start. Time. I will start with my only negative, and and I hammered it home last week, so I won't talk too much about it. But on display this week yet again. Jim Bob Cooter needs to go, and I won't be at all surprised if we cut him loose this week. And th- there, there was just there was so much booing in Ford Field when the Lions were running draw plays on third and long and, and not taking a shot into the end zone on third and nineteen and selling for field goals. And mm-hmm. we just we have nothing to lose. We've got the Rams on the ropes. Why are we not playing to win? That's just what yeah. I didn't understand. There's been zero creativity all year. 
and then finally you throw a touchdown pass to Taylor Decker. Where has that been? You know what uh, I mean? That, that was a great only, play. That's the only creative thing right. that like Cooters. He's like he probably does. He probably wrote that down in fourth grade. He's bored in class. Wrote it on his hand and like, oh my god, I remember this yeah. one. Let's use this one. Also. In real time, I've never been more infuriated when Taylor Decker threw that ball in the stands because I knew oh, he was going to want it again. 2012 kn- Lions guy was agreeing with uh, you. Know, no, and then he tweeted. He's like, whoever taught my ball, can I get it back? Why are you throwing that? You're yeah, never, he never. He he was, I was like, dude. <laughs> I, you like know when he was on the sidelines. He's like, dude, what did I just do? Yeah. I was like, come on. You cannot yeah. do that. That was rough. But I, he got it back, though. My, my point with that is just like, I just don't know where the creativity has been all year from, from that standpoint. I don't know if Cooter's trying to save his job at this point, and he's like, hey, let's throw a pass to an offensive lineman because that's pretty gutsy, but I, I just don't get it. Um, I, I, like I, Yesterday, usually I'm about to fist fight some of the Stafford uh, <laughs> haters up in the third deck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I heard more Stafford defenders yesterday than I've ever heard at Ford Field. Good. And that was interesting to me because um, of, 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 of the fumble. And I want to talk about the fumble just because and I agree with you guys. That's that's a pretty inexcusable turnover. I, I just I, I want to put it in perspective because Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the game. I think everyone can agree with that. Mm-hmm. He has a legitimate case for MVP. He won't win it because defensive players don't win it, but he could. And 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 defensive players make plays too. And you know what? Aaron Donald. He's got I think sixteen and a half sacks now. He got two against us. He he made a play on Stafford. Stafford dropped the ball. And 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 uh, you guys saw Drew Brees throw that pick at the end of the game against yeah, the Saints, exactly. and, and no one was saying Drew Brees stinks. Right. I know he's proven a lot more than Stafford has. I'm just I'm just saying I don't know why in today's today's NFL we don't allow defensive players to make plays because it's always the offensive player's fault. He, he made a great play. He busted through two offensive linemen in four seconds, took Stafford down, and, and to me it looked like it looked it looked like, and I don't know, it looked like Stafford was trying to kind of tuck it and go down. He just got nailed. Yeah. No, I think nailed. you I mean you got to put the ball away. And yeah. into I mean Donald's the best player probably in football right now. I mean the guy's an absolute monster. Should be a lion. Yeah, Should I, be a lion. I first of all, that guy is a massive individual. I don't know how big his arms are, but they're huge. But I mean, looking at that play, Stafford was trying to. You just got to put the ball away. Yeah. Like so I, I, I mean, it was a good it. sack. Yeah. It was like a good play by Donald. But there's no means you should fumble that ball. That I, ball has to be tucked away and you go down. I I I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I just I wanted to put it in context because if it was if it was anyone except Donald, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, JJ Watt, I'd probably be like, yeah, okay, Stafford, that is absolutely terrible, and I'd be screaming. But, you know, everyone in the stadium kind of knew, like, that's Aaron Donald. He made a play. Mm-hmm. And that didn't even end the game. You know, like, the defense could have made it. Right. Know, whatever. But then I, I just want to turn it to this before I move on from the fumble. I want to, I, I just want to, you, first and ten, the Rams, have, I want to take it back to the possession before that for the Rams. Okay. First and ten. Oquara breaks up a pass, should have been a pick six, right? Yes. Then, second and ten, Eli Harold does the same thing, should have been, been a pick, pick six. six. So, you don't score on those. Then third and ten, incomplete pass, defense makes a great stand. Yep. Rams punt the ball, Lions take it, LeGarrette Blunt, four-yard run, seven-yard run. It's first down, Lions are passing. Why are you passing? Like that, that, so that play should have never happened. The stab, mm-hmm. Because yeah. you shouldn't have even been passing the ball in that situation. You're at midfield. You just got another first down. You're trying to take some time off the clock because you're only down three. It's 16-3. to three. It's not like we're getting blown out. It's the almighty Rams, I know, and this, the final score. If you look at a box score, you're going to think the Rams blew us out. They didn't. It was 16-3 to three with eight minutes in the, in the fourth quarter, and we had a shot. Yep. So, to me, 
that just falls on Jim Bob Cooter, Stafford, inexcusable turnover. I get it. I just I, I don't know why you're even passing that situation. And I, moving on from that, uh, I, I just I I guess I we're, we're probably going to talk about the future here. So I'll turn it back to you, Ryan. I, the, the, we're gonna we don't need to talk about how we hate Jim Bob Cooter for another thirty minutes. You're I right. Think, yeah, I think we've done it. I think we've done it for like sure? six I'm trying straight to episodes. constrain myself here because I could I could do it. Yeah, for another yeah. Two hours. We can do it at the end of the season. Okay, Collins. I, I want to before I get into my big thing of the week. I want to get back to your question of, of, do you think the Lions will be good next year? And my answer is 100% yes. Look at the Jaguars. They went from being awful to they're playing for a conference championship to they're awful again. Look at the Packers. They have the best quarterback in the history of the universe. They suck. You look at, I mean, the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. They're bad. It it happens. It's it's weird the way the NFL works. The Falcons were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They they stink. They're one of the worst teams in the league. So it's it's just a matter of I think there's certain moves that need to be made. Jim Bob Cooter is going to be gone. We said it a million times. You you draft well. You bring in some pieces. I think you got to cut Ziggy loose. As much as I love him, I think it's time to move on. You make the right moves, and the biggest thing is whatever whatever is going on in the locker room, whether Stafford has a problem with the way he's being coached, because I really think he does, and whether it's Bob Quinn not being on the same page as Patricia or the coordinators, you need to sit down, and Stafford needs to be involved, and you go, look, we're here to win. You know, Whatever your problem is with me, let's hear it, whatever. Figure it out and go on the field and play hard. It's Matt Patricia's first year. There's no reason for him to be fired after one year. He's going to be here for a couple of years. So there is a chance to be good next year if the right things happen. It's the NFL. Teams are up and down, whatever. I don't care if the Lions win the Super Bowl next year and never win it again. At least I saw the Super Bowl. I, I don't either. That's, no, that's quite honestly. What I'm saying, though, is like the NFL coaching rates is a little bit different in college where the first year I expect to, if you have talent, and the Lions do have considerable talent, and you are not able to produce a little bit. Oh. They have enough talent to be in a better record than they are now. Would sure. you agree with that? I'd, uh, I'd agree. I don't think they have the coaching to do that. But sure. that's a a so if you don't think they have the talent, how do you think they're going to be good next year? That makes no sense to me. I mean, dude, like the Jaguars run with Blake Bortles the, as their quarterback. The Jaguars had the best defense probably in the last 10 years. Right, well, not much changed off the defense this year besides Fowler got traded away. They've lost every close game because Bortles has been bad. That's right. what I, I I think it's a difference though. Like okay, they're so still exciting to play. They still have a lot of talent on that team. Like I they have the Lions have guys like Stafford, like we said, Galladay, Carrion, who are able to make big plays on any given down. But I just don't see it. I like I mean the coaching has been weird. I, like I, the one week you're like, wow, Patricia really got it together. <laughs> the next yeah. week you're like, what is going on? The Seattle game, we're down like twenty eight with like two minutes left in the first. Like what I, I don't understand it, and I that inconsistency in the coaching staff is I you got to figure something out. He cannot be Belichick re, reincarnated because no one's ever going to do it like he did, and and no guy respects the guy coming in trying to be a hard ass. Like yeah. no, like they're all professionals. Like I'm tired of the we're practicing out in the cold. You play indoors. You play <laughs> indoors. It's so dumb. But yeah, do me I a mean, favor. Yeah. Could you just sit up and have a little respect? Yeah, for this, yeah, this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone said, everyone okay, said Matt, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I just, I think they do have talent, and they have. I, I, what I think, and I've, I've said this probably the last three weeks. I think what the Lions need to do is either draft an edge rusher, 
another corner or or a um what am I what am I trying? Oh, another offensive lineman because TJ Lang is done and the to me it's like they have talent. They also have young people who haven't really progressed into their talent yet. So it's just like a matter of experience, which is why I don't think you should tank this year. I think you should still try to win games and like try to get some wins under these guys' belts. But then also the the biggest thing for me is just the scheme. Ryan, your stat is my favorite thing in the world. The hundred, the top one hundred, and the Lions don't have a single receiver, tight end, running back, and the top one hundred for separation yards. That's just bad. That's terrible offense. And to your guys' point, like Stafford isn't turning it loose. He isn't throwing it downfield. To me, that's not that's not on him. He doesn't mm-hmm. get to decide when a guy is forty yards in front. You know what I mean? Exactly. He has been doing that though, like the past four years. I like I, to be honest, like he's not that guy, that gunslinger guy that he was well, under Linehan. He had but, Calvin Johnson. No, no, no. Yeah. But when you see him turn it loose, it's always in that two minute drill. Like if you really look at it, like well, it's, I, I agree. it's all this. Yep. I agree. My my point is just the Lions do have the talent, and I think they I think they can. Will it should be good next year? We'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Are we? We gonna talk about the Stafford trade rumors? Yeah, yes. let's do it. This now. is this is so. This is what I wanted to get into because I got a whole spiel for that. Yes. You guys are gonna love the, me. The future of the Lions quarterback, and I posed the question today on Twitter. Didn't get any responses, and I would to be that just funny because people respond to the polls. But when I'm asking you to give me a reason why Stafford shouldn't be here, no one can seem to answer. Quick maybe it was, maybe it was just a bad Twitter day. I don't know. It was a bad I don't Twitter know. Day. Maybe they just like don't want that like. Oh, that guy's thirsty, like Twitter thirsty. He's just like replying on anything. <laughs> either <laughs> either way, either way. So the question comes because, you know, you read the Peter King thing about the Lions need to trade Stafford to the Jaguars and get draft picks and whatever. So my question is, and I think I know where we all stand, but, you know, you hear the thing about trading Stafford this offseason, not really feasible because of the cap hit, $30 million. Trading him next season, $7 million cap hit, a little bit better, you can live with that. So... My question to people, because I kind of know what you guys are going to say, what do you want? Do you want the Lions to go draft a quarterback with their first pick this year and let him ride on the bench, and then when Stafford's gone, he's gone? Would you like the Lions to go trade for Kirk Cousins? Would you like? What do you want? Would you like Stafford to be here until he retires? I, I don't know what it is. And I it always comes back to this. Because the people that give me crap for defending Stafford and the people that give Stafford crap, it's a very, very surface-level argument. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Look at Matt Ryan. Look at Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Those teams are a mess. You can't tell me Aaron Rodgers. No one in Green Bay is calling for Aaron Rodgers' head. No one. He's the best quarterback to ever play. He got his own head coach fired. Is that what you want? Is that what you want Stafford to do? People talk about Stafford not being a leader. How about Aaron Rodgers? He's not a leader. He's an egotistical, you know, he's, he's on diva. the State Farm he's commercials. A exactly. That team is what, 4 7 and 1? Yeah, 4 the 6 Packers. And 1. Yeah. yeah, 4 Matt 7 Matt Ryan's yeah. 4 and 8, 4 and 7, whatever. Carson Wentz and the Eagles stink. So it's not all on the quarterback. You can't tell me Matt Ryan's not good. You can't tell me Carson Wentz isn't good because last year everyone loved Carson Wentz. Oh, it should be the MVP, whatever. They can't win without Aaron Rodgers, same thing. So, you know, if you think Aaron Rodgers comes in, this is the point I always come back to. If you think Aaron Rodgers makes the Lions 8-4 and four instead of 4-8, and eight, you're wrong. If you think Stafford goes to Kansas City or L.A., 
and they don't have the exact same record or better, you're wrong. Oh my god. So oh. so I don't know. I guess we'll go to you then, Collins, because you don't you don't believe you don't yeah. hear me at all here. What do you want? Who do you want playing quarterback for the Lions? Because if you're gonna tell me they should draft someone, give him a couple years, and Stafford's looking behind him like Joe Flacco and like Alex Smith, and oh my gosh, here's the guy's gonna. You think that's gonna help this team? And then what if he doesn't pan out? What if Joey Harrington 2.0? So <laughs> I want to hear it. Let me hear it. No, I I'm I don't understand the comparisons with Rodgers and Matt. like I get that like they're having bad years. But those guys also have more pedigree than Matt Stafford. I just don't think that's a fair comparison. And I don't I think they don't get criticism because they've done it before and they've actually won playoff games. But I mean, the whole Casey LA thing I, I, I think Casey's a good example though. Like Alex Smith, good quarterback, good serviceable quarterback. I think Stafford's a little bit better than him and has a lot more talent than him. And he still has value. Why don't you trade him or something for a first round pick or I, I'm not gonna get there yet. But, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to trade Stafford. But I, I would draft him, draft a quarterback in the second round or third round this, this year. This year? Yes. Who do you want? Do you have a name? Like, no, I, I don't have a name. Okay. I did, that's, it, I'm, it, not, I'm not coming out of Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it's not a good quarterback draft this year. But, I I mean, you might as well just go third or fourth round, swim for the fences, hope you get like someone like Jimmy Garoppolo or something like, something like that where you have options. Just I don't think Stafford is the issue here. But I also don't think Stafford's getting any better. He's not winning you games like he used to in the last three years. I think it's maybe time to reevaluate what you value him as. Do you see him as a cornerstone still? Or do you want to move forward in a newer, younger direction? But I, I don't think comparing him to guys like Rodgers and Ryan is fair for fans who are critical of Stafford because... Stafford hasn't won a playoff game, and that's a lot of the teams he's been on. But like he, like you can't make that argument with Rodgers and Matt Ryan because they have those, they have some type of pedigree. Not Stafford has to have. The the only point when I bring those up, and I I completely agree. You know, Stafford Rodgers has a Super Bowl. That for a lot of people is enough. The the point I'm trying to make with this is that. It's not all on the quarterback. Oh, I completely right. agree. I, like, I, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You know, people don't point the finger at Rodgers because, you know, they didn't like the coach. Mike McCarthy won you a Super Bowl. They've won, I mean, 9, 10 games like every single well, year he's look, been look, there. Look at what the Packers are blaming it on. They're blaming it on play calling and they're blaming it on the yes, talent around Rodgers. Exactly. And so, you We're know, doing I, nothing different. And, you know, I, I say this about, about Matt Ryan, too. He's a good quarterback and the team around him is not good. I do believe, I mean, you know, Stafford, I compared to Rodgers, like, Rodgers doesn't need the help that Stafford does, but it, it, it just, I can't, I can't point the finger at Stafford, you know, give me, give me an O-line that can protect this guy 14 games out of 16, because he hasn't had that this year, Collins, you, I don't think no, you can No, I completely agree, I'm not arguing you know, about give that. You know, give me, give me receivers that, no, I can be as, as small-minded as looking at fantasy points. None of his receivers are fantasy receivers. And, and let's let's Give me keep an AJ this, Green. You let's know, keep this in mind too. He he doesn't throw his guys under the bus either. If I was Matt Stafford, I would be standing at the podium saying, "Hey, Bob Quinn, can you can can you put together a better offensive line? Can can you can you get me some better talent to throw to other than Levine Toilolo leading my team in targets?" That's <laughs> the he doesn't say that. And, and yeah. I think it's because he knows that it's it's more on the play calling and things like that. But I'll just I'll give it back to you. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. It's just, I think the concept of of him being traded, like you, you have to understand 
that you're not going to get better. He's the best quarterback the Lions have had. You know, it, me, I, I was I was joking with my friends that like we're watching the Georgia Alabama game. It's like, oh, Jake Fromm, he's the future of the Lions. They draft number one overall f- three years from now. You bring Jake Fromm in the same way they brought Stafford in, but I, it's just it's you know I, it's just again when I when I bring up when I bring up the quarterbacks that I do, I just need people to understand. You know, you're foolish if you point the finger at Rodgers. But you're, you know, you're in the majority if you point the finger at Stafford. It's just, it's weird to me. And when you look at, you bring up the pedigree, dude. Aaron Rodgers' 2010 Super Bowl team was unreal. The yeah, Falcons well, the year brought- they they were in the Super Bowl, they were unreal. They yep. stink now. You know, like that, Wentz I, in the in the Eagles. It just, I, go ahead. I I, I, I understand what you're saying with that and stuff like that, but like, like. I think the Lions could do better than Stafford. That's I. I'm at that point now where okay. I think it's he's still good and he still has a lot of value. But I, I'm at the point where the Lions could do better than him. I, I. I mean, no harm's done, but he really hasn't won anything. He really hasn't done anything. I like he has great stats. He's been a very exciting player to watch, and he's been the best Lions quarterback of all time. Not saying a lot. But he really hasn't really in NFL standards. He really hasn't done anything. If you really look at it, and the problem is that he's talented. And he's blo- I think Stafford. There's more Stafford supporters than haters. I think the haters are just louder. That's a good point. I, I think like they're that. just louder, I agree with and that, they're yeah. all like fifty year old men who are just like, <laughs> "No, what? When we had Barry, if we had Scott, he's <laughs> the next Scott Mitchell. No, he's not. He's talented, and he's been good." For the Lions, but I, I, at this point in his career, he's not winning you games anymore. Okay, and I, I, I think it's just time to maybe figure something out, maybe draft a quarterback in the third round or something like that. But I, it, I think it's time's dwindling here, and it's not his fault. But if you're a Stafford fan, why wouldn't you want to put him on the Jaguars? Like, if you really want him to do well, because I, 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 I never see the Lions having a super elite team like the Falcons had that year they went to the Super Bowl or the, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl. They're mm-hmm. never like I don't know what talent you guys like. Well, that needs what need what like top one talent at every position group for him to succeed. I think the Lions should expect better out of their pr- franchise player and like the highest quarterback okay. in the division. I don't know. Um. So last week, I defined myself. As a Mass Stafford apologist, yes, right? You finally yep. come to terms. I, I, We're very I, I proud defined of you. apologist very for all of our listeners, and I said I am a Mass Stafford apologist, and I wear it on my sleeve. Whatever. I think trading Matt Stafford would be the dumbest move in in Lions history and maybe Detroit sports history, and it makes no sense to me. The Lions are trying to kill this SOL narrative. They're trying to kill this sorry excuse for a franchise narrative and this the Fords don't care narrative. This is exactly how to not end those narratives if you trade Matt Stafford. First of all, the thirty million dollars in dead cap is a death cent. Like that 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 to me that doesn't make any sense. I don't care how yeah. I don't care if it's Blake Bortles. $30 million in debt cap. you got to find some other way to work around that or something. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. And, and anyone who has any financial sense of sports, I feel like that is just idiotic. Yep. And, and I say this all the time. If you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing. And I'm not interested in some shiny trade package with a first and fourth round pick. Maybe that's just me. I, Collins, no disrespect. I think a third round pick on a quarterback would be an absolute waste, especially this year, because the Lions do need depth at other skill positions. And, and the Lions' chances of winning, this is just what it comes down to, down to for me. The Lions' chance of winning are much higher by fixing the landscape around Stafford than to just 
knock it down and, and start from scratch. I agree. Because you you just I, I don't even see the harm in at least playing just play out his contract. Get some talent here, try to get a better offensive mind here. The call plays instead of Jim Bob Cooter. And I, I if you if you wanna if you want to be this guy, <clears throat> excuse me, and you want to look back at, at, the, at the most success that Stafford has had. He has the most success when he has an elite deep ball threat in Calvin Johnson, decent run game with the Bush and Bell tandem, Joyke Bell. Mm-hmm. So I think Kenny Galladay can become a shell of what Kelvin was. I think you give him another year. Marvin Jones can complement that very nicely. And obviously, Kerryon Johnson has already shown me that he's better than any version of Reggie Bush that the Lions ever got. So maybe you keep a guy like Blunt to fill the Joyke Bell role. I don't know. I'm just saying Stafford saw success with those kinds of rosters. So Come on, put like just put that together for me. Get give me a little bit better of an offensive line and, and give these guys some time to gel. Put put it together. Stafford also saw success when he had a good defense. And, and Ryan, I know I, I might be you 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 told me this. I might be overselling the talent on this roster. Maybe I'm too optimistic. And and, and but I think the the team is pretty close to breaking through. And, and Snacks Harrison has made this a top run defense. Ashawn Robinson and Deshaun Hand, I love them together. Yeah. Jared Davis is looking great. I think he's finally, in my opinion, emerged as a centerpiece for this defense for years to come. Uh, you, you've got two veteran safeties. Quandre Diggs is a baller. You guys know I love Kennard. I love Okwara. I love Diggs. Slay is a top three corner despite a pretty bad game yesterday, mm-hmm. in all fairness. But I, I just, to me, it's like, and this goes back to the question Collins asked. Do I think they can be good next year? Yes, because I think you can get some of these some of these other pieces and get some more depth here. And I also want to bring up this. You don't need an all-time great quarterback to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. You need good coaching, you need a deep roster, and you need a good quarterback. Is Stafford good? Absolutely he's good, and I'm not saying anyone's not saying that. I'm just he's well above average. If you don't want to give him the elite tag, that's fine with me, but he's he's a pretty damn good quarterback. So I, I say all that to say this. Trading Matt Stafford would definitely result in a step back, both in the near future and the long term, because say you draft a kid and he comes to Detroit, how confident are you that he's gonna be better than Matt Stafford? Better. Because if he's just as good, we're just where we are right now, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's not happy. He he would have to be better than Matt Stafford. And to me, that's why drafting a kid in the third round is a waste, because you still have him here. You have him here for four more years. He's going to he's going to produce if you get some better coaching and some better pieces around him to work with him and things like that. And I and I know that. You can't just complain and say we have no talent because we had Tate and we dealt him away. Mm-hmm. I understand these things, but it's the scheme and it's the offensive line. It's other things, just little things. I don't think any of it's atrocious except the off- except the offensive coordinator position. And I just I, I don't see the logic, you guys. I just don't see it. If you draft a kid, you bring him in, he has to be better than Matt Stafford is for, for, for people to be satisfied. So like I continually say, I hear the Stafford critics. I hear you. I respect your opinion. I think it's valid. I just don't want to hear any more of this until we get Jim Bob Cooter out of that spot and get and he takes the headset off. Because I and and, and if we see Stafford play bad with a new offensive coordinator, then I'll listen to you. But I got news for you. That's not going to happen. That's just that's my take on this whole thing. I I just don't. I know what you're saying, and I get it. I was a Stafford apologist for a long, <laughs> and I came to my epiphany about two weeks ago. I I'm just at the point why. Detroit Lions fans are so scared to move on about. I don't think it's just about Stafford or just like I like. If you really look back at the Stafford era, 
And when I've said they haven't really won it, what is like the crowning achievement? Just exciting plays and a memorable week six win against like the Redskins. Like I, I'm at the point where it's just thanks for the memories. Go win somewhere else, but it's just not gonna work out here. I, I understand and, and, that. And let, I'm gonna make one more point before okay. I let you talk. But you guys say that they're you think they're close or breaking through. Then why are they four and eight? If you like, I I don't get how they're four and eight and they're close to breaking through. If you have a a top twelve quarterback, that's I I just like at least so if you're showing me signs of breaking through, you're going nine and seven or you're going eight and eight. Okay, they're not. Last year I thought they were going to do that. Now they're not. They're not. They've regressed completely. Well, to Ryan's point, uh, a, a top twelve quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Top twelve. They're four seven and one. Is Matt Ryan top twelve? They're four and eight. Uh, Carson Wentz. I don't know, but my my. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just want to say this. I and I think this is the this is the question that Ryan and I kind of want to like know the answer to. I understand what you're saying. I just don't know what you want. Then I want to. I want a winner. Like like I but don't. What do you want to do? You want to draft somebody? Is that what you're saying? No, you no, 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 no. I think they should trade them in the off season. That's my take. I think it's this this whole thing's ran its course. I think staff. I honestly think Stafford doesn't want to be in Detroit anymore. I think that. I, I think he's kind of tired of the whole thing that it's all on him, which it's not. And and he shouldn't get the blame that he gets. I, I really don't understand that. But I I just think as an organization, he still has value and he's a talented player. It's trade like the Patriots always trade a talented guy a year before they're bad. Like, I don't think he's going to be bad next year, but he still has immense value. And he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL. Why wouldn't you want to get a first or fourth-round pick while waiting another three years to go nine and seven and losing a wild card game and not get anything for him? I, I, I. That's just what I think, and I, I just don't understand why people are so caught up with you're not going to do anything better than Stafford. Yeah, for the first two or three years you're not, but why not swing for the fences and try and get someone who's actually going to bring you a Super Bowl? That's mm-hmm. just my. My last thing before we get to the picks here, if you guys don't mind me wrapping yep. it up, yeah. um, I would just say, you know, both both of you guys are, you know, I think you guys represent both sides of the fence pretty well. Um, I'm on more, I'm on Trent's side of the fence, obviously. I just think, you know, I look at a guy like Philip Rivers. I think he's a great quarterback. He's got some great stats. He's four and five in the playoffs. Hasn't won anything. And now he's finally getting this turn where the Chargers have figured it out because they've been bad for a couple of years. And, and and they're rolling, but I, I understand you know it's comparing apples to oranges in a certain aspect. But before we have another two-hour show, it <laughs> is time for the picks. We had some some big moves in the leaderboard this week. Two and zero on the week for me. I'm five and seven. That's that's what the leader is. Which is we're, we're phenomenal on this show. We're really good at what we do. I'm five and seven. Collins is five and seven. Trent, you're two and ten. You're not good, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's rough. It's rough. I'm sorry. The Lions travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals on Sunday at 4:25 p.m. Do not miss it. The Lions open with a favorite minus two and a half. Isn't that special? Ooh. When's the last time the Lions were favorites in the game? Probably the Jets game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Minus two and a half. The over unders at forty and a half. I'll start. I'm going to have the Lions in this game. I've, you know, I said it two weeks ago after they played the Bears. Cause I think they're going to go beat the the Cardinals and the Bills. Uh, two and a half points. I think is easy for me because at the very least they win by a field goal. I have the Lions. I'm going to take the over here just because it could be a game that can end 21-20. 
and it goes over. Bad beat. We watch it on Scott Van Pelt, legendary. Lions in the over for me. I'm going to take the Cardinals in the under, and I'm going to take the Cardinals in a lot. This is my only logic. I, I don't think the Lions have ever won in Arizona. Like they, That is true. They, they stink in Arizona. Like I watched Drew Stanton beat uh, 12, 11-5 and five Lions They team. do stink in like, Arizona. That That's team weird. was good. Like, and Drew Stannon beat you. No offense to Drew Stannon, favorite Spartan of all time. But <laughs> still, Drew Stan beat you in Arizona. I think, I, I, I think they'll be coming high off that win in Green Bay. A lot of confidence. I just, the Lions don't win in Arizona. It's, it's just like, that's my only logic. Okay. I think the Lions are better than Arizona, okay. but still. I'm taking the Lions, and I got the under. I'm going to say 24 to 10. I think the Lions will hold. This Cardinals team's not good. Let's just Correct. get that out of the way. This Lions team's not that good either. But I just I think the, the I think the forty and a half is kind of high. I could see it going way over. I could see it being like thirty four to thirty one or something like that because yep. the Cardinals just beat the Packers, who are again not a good team. I'm just I'm picking the Lions. I think Stafford will have a good game. Uh, that's about all I got for you. Lions and under. Quick quick picks for us this week. I feel like we usually take a efficient right there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know, boys. It's tough looking at your team with eight losses now, and yeah, yeah it's hard. It's it's sad. I, I mean, try to did... allow myself to not get so fired up. Like I try to, I try to hold <laughs> yeah. myself. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. That's why Ooh. it's good. Head when the thankfully the Lions played on Sunday because when the Thanksgiving game we had to hold it in for a while. But yeah, well, boys, that's gonna be it for this episode of the Motown Rundown. If you don't mind me closing it up here, that's all for today's show. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Again, guys, tweet some suggestions for the show questions suggestions comments hashtag motown rundown on twitter don't miss a single episode be sure to subscribe on itunes impact wdbm new episodes come out every tuesday we will see you next time you have been listening to the motown rundown brought to you by impact 89 fm wdbm for all your Michigan State and Detroit sports coverage, visit impact89fm.org sports, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Hello, everybody.